1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I'm Ron Kolick, and joining me from the land of the Red Dragon is the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Steve Parson. It doesn't feel like the gold
0: standard. He's got a cold.
1: (laughs) Oh, you have a cold? Oh, you poor thing.
0: Yeah, so if a sniffle and... um cough during the during the show, I uh, have to apologize in advance.
1: That's all right. It might be me, too, so you never know, because yeah, I well, definitely got sniffles. That's no yeah. doubt about that.
0: I have to thank one of the boys for this one.
1: Yeah, isn't it kids? Yeah,
0: little <laughs> treasures, aren't they? Mm,
1: anyway, so uh, today's show, of course, is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Galette Messier family La group in High Street in North Andover,
0: Massachusetts. And paracetamol. Who? Paracetamol. This show is being brought to you by Paracetamol. What is that? Medication. Oh, all okay. Ty- oh, right, sorry, Tylenol for the Americans. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, there
1: we are. Anyway, um, we
0: have paracetamol in America.
1: I came across this uh, uh, site from the uh, BBC. Oh yeah, and it said the ten most
0: Prince Andrew killed himself.
1: (laughs) No, no, no.
0: That's 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 next week.
1: B A K. No, P A K. Prince Andrew killed himself. Anyways, well, still there? Yeah. I had some static there. Didn't know what was going on. Anyways, I came across this this site, and it mentions the ten most haunted places in Wales. Okay. And I said, "Hey, I know somebody in Wales." Mm, that's true. Too. So I thought I would, you know, read them, and you can comment on them uh, after I do the little. There's only a little like a paragraph, so just to read the paragraph and then uh, maybe you can confirm it and you didn't know that or you've been there or, or blah, 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 whatever you have to say. So anyways, oh, and of course, course, excuse the um, oh <laughs> pronunciation because this is all some kind of strange language where yeah. they just throw a bunch of letters together and make words yeah. out of
0: them. That's cool, uh, Well, You just throw letters at a wall and see what sticks.
1: Yeah, so we'll start off with the first one, which is Lankayak
0: Faw. Lankaiak Faw. Faw.
1: In Lankaiak, Nelson.
0: Lankaiak Faw.
1: That's fine. Yeah, don't try to correct it because I won't be able to say it. Uh, in Nelson, near Cape uh, Philly. Faw.
0: Kaya Philly. Cape
1: Philly. It's Lankaiak. the home
0: of... Kaya?
1: Whatever. Don't try to connect it because I'm not going to be able just, to get it. Just,
0: just say no. carefully.
1: No, no, just forget it. It's just a waste of time. Anyways, so this is uh, this is the home of several uh, ghostly characters, including naughty children playing on the stairs and a cot that rocks itself. A farmer maid Maddie, steers out of her old bedroom window and an old soldier wanders the ground. So first of all, do you know the location?
0: I do know the location. I've never been there. Okay, so uh, have you heard these
1: stories? Or
0: I have. They're quite well known. Um, I, um, well, the thing is, there's a paranormal group down in Seoul. Well, I don't know if this will go in anymore. Um, but they, they used to—I forget the name of the group as well. Uh, but they were founded by uh, the teller of curious tales. Met, or he was involved in the formation many, many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh he's now in spain i think
1: yeah he is yeah looking for spanish ghosts i'm
0: sure yeah no doubt and uh making new facebook friends um right. but that group I'm uh, still of, new facebook friend yeah that group had a residency there uh and so it was it was always appearing on their uh radar i've never been um hmm. is that far from you uh it's a couple of hours it's not terribly far um yeah. I've never really had the opportunity to go there, if I'm honest, Um, and I understand that there was some difficulties a year or two ago, which is probably why I've never been there, uh, regarding access. Uh, There was some, because the group, as I said, had almost residency, but that changed when um, uh, new management or procedures changed so it's not quite ah. as accessible as it used to be. However, the Teller of Curious Tales used to speak highly of it. Oh, yeah, that's cool.
1: Unfortunately, he's in Spain, so we can't have him comment. No, no. Okay, so next one on this list is the Skidrid Inn near Abergravenny. Aber- yeah. I do
0: yeah, It's the Skidred yeah, Inn. Well, wait, wait, I- wait,
1: wait, 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 you could comment when I'm done reading,
0: and then no. you can... Well let's get the pronunciation right so that the the listeners at least can go look it up. Oh go ahead fine whatever. The Skirrid Inn at Abergavenny. Okay.
1: Is one of the oldest and most haunted pubs in Wales. Over over the years 185 people were reputedly sentenced and hanged there. Rope marks are still visible on the wooden beams by the staircase. So you have been there.
0: I so, have been there. I visited. I've done a ghost hunt there, in fact.
1: Really? Was uh, that yeah. most haunted, or, or was
0: it? Uh, this was a, this was after most haunted, but most haunted have also been there, oh. um, which is probably why it's so most haunted. Um, <laughs> it never used to be. I, it's one of these buildings. It did always have a reputation for uh, it's hauntings, but there were never uh, the figure of 185 people hung is somewhat exaggerated. It's probably a lot less than that, considerably a lot less than that as well. Um, And there is one of the exhibits that they do have inside the pub. Uh, is a rope hanging from a beam, uh, which Ah. was reputedly where they hung the nefarious criminals. However, it's, uh, again, even that is... Open to interpretation and that's
1: what I was going to ask you. Was it common to hang people inside a no, building?
0: it wasn't and therein lies one of the problems however it 's not unknown either, and um, it 's not beyond the bounds of possibilities that that actually happened. Uh, I would um, but I mean I would be surprised that they would hang anybody inside a public house. Uh, but it was used as a as a courtroom, which okay. is probably <clears throat> because rural courtrooms tended to uh, be used in the most available building, and the Skirrid was um, a suitable location to hold the uh, the trials. Oh, okay, uh,
1: that it, makes it
0: was sense. Also where, it was also where the judge would reside, the circuit judge, because here a judge we we have something called circuit judges because they literally go on a circuit. Mm -hmm. Um, of towns um, passing out.
1: We have them in the US
0: as well. Um, So yeah, I've been there. Uh, It was one of the I mean, it's a nice old place. It's very, I mean, it's been investigated by everybody and their pet cat Ah. Since, since obviously that television program went there. It's become a very popular place and of course with every group of investigators that go there, the story expands uh, mm-hmm. and gets embellished. It's really quite difficult now to discern what actually is true and what's mythology, what's legend, and what what's, uh, what's anything else. Uh, but it's, a, it's not a bad old place. The food's pretty good. I recommend the food. Oh, that's good. Uh, uh, what else to say about it? Uh, not a lot. Move on to the oh. next one. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. Uh... Boldell Winladen castle in dingbingshire
0: okay it's Denbyshire yeah uh, but what was the name of the Oh, bottle Withen. yeah that works but yeah bottle within castle in Denbyshire again it's uh, it's a place like that well, let me system. finish the
1: thing on it. You're just correcting my my pronunciation. Okay. Uh, it's haunted by a mysterious lady in a flowing dress as well, and have, as, well as having unexplained voices, uh, sounds, and shadowy figures. Okay, so that's a little description. Go
0: ahead. Okay, Bottle within. Uh, it's actually quite near to where I used to live. Uh, it's a pretty,
1: pretty castle. we got a picture of it.
0: It is, and it's also a hotel. Uh, you can oh, stay wow. There. Uh, you're able to stay there. It's over that's why it
1: looks so good.
0: Yeah, it's owned by one of the big hotel chains and oh. uh, they it's all these adult activity type holidays you know we do archery and horse riding and painting and pottery and uh, oh. but they also do ghost hunting and the place has had a reputation a story told about it for for quite some time uh, it also uh, featured on that television program most well, started uh, yeah. yeah and um, and has been uh, investigated considerably after its appearance on television, and of course that usually is, does it. Yeah, the stories then increase, but the stories predate the show, um, mm-hmm. and the one uh, about the the uh, apparition of the lady uh, is quite well documented in many of the ghost gazetteers for the area. It's a nice place. Um,
1: does look nice in the picture, but it's expe- so.
0: it's expe- I mean, it's, it's cheap enough to ghost them But if you want to go and stay there, it's expensive Really? Yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, not for the likes of you and me. Uh,
1: Okay, next one uh, Gwydir Castle Gwy- in yeah. Conby Convey Valley
0: Yeah, I know it well uh, Very well, actually uh, This is Gwydir Castle Okay In the Conwy Valley
1: Okay, so it, it has a long and colorful history. A servant girl was murdered after becoming pregnant, uh, haunts the North Wing, and S- Sir John Wynn is often seen on a spiral staircase. A phantom dog is also seen regularly, and children can be heard crying. All right, so you have a lot to say about this one, evidently.
0: Well, it's a place I know well. In fact, there's, there's more ghosts there than I, I appreciated it ever had because there is. Was... You um, used to only have one or two. One of the most notable was a haunted bedroom um, up on the, uh, for you Americans, the second floor, for us oh, Brits, the first floor. Um, and it even has a small card outside uh, denoting that it is, in fact, the haunted bedroom. And it was at Gwydia Castle, uh, which is quite an ancient building, it was was actually near derelict. Um, oh, wow up until i think about 20 years ago when it was purchased by an architect and his wife who who spent considerable amount of time and effort and money renovating it or restoring it would be better Uh uh because they've left many of the the original tudor uh sort of parts of the castle and older than that even untouched it's got some green men carvings in it as well which are good um, but Gwydia was was the location where myself and Anne Winsper had an apparitional encounter.
1: You did? Well, you have to tell us about it. You just gets... uh, In
0: fact, we may we may have mentioned it before in the show, but Anne and I had visited Gwydia and we were trying to get some photographs of the haunted bedchamber, mm-hmm. which is off the Great Hall on the on the first floor, the second floor for Americans. Uh, but, of course, there was a sign saying that no photography was permitted. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, on that particular occasion we were there, there was the owner um, in one part of the castle. There were two other visitors uh, because the castle was open, but it was uh, Mm off-season. And uh, so what we were doing is we were waiting in the Great Hall for the owner to go back to the private part of the castle so that we could take a sneaky photograph of the bedchamber. Uh-huh. Um, and whilst we were there, we could we were looking out, uh, sort of hanging around in the in the corridor outside the bed chamber and the great hall. Uh, and the previous uh, the other two people who were w- wandering around had gone out into the grounds, which is notable for its peacocks. Actually, eventually the uh, we say so the owner uh, started to retreat towards their private chambers. But just before they did, um, Anne and I became aware of a noise from above us, from the floor above us, so the second floor, um, mm-hmm. or third floor for Americans. Okay. Uh, we were, th- at this point, stood at the base of a, uh, derelict stairwell, so it wasn't accessible normally, you couldn't walk up and down the stairwell, but it was open to the floor above us. Um... So there was no stairs in in the stairwell. Oh. Um, and Damn we both looked up... Damn uh, inconvenient. I know. We both looked up at the top of the stairwell, the empty stairwell, and we both saw what we later described as a person, the bottom half because of the way the angle of the staircase stairwell. We could only see them from the sort of, mid-half to the waist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we saw and heard somebody walking across the floor above us. Now, knowing that the only access to that floor was via a wooden stairway, a staircase uh, just uh, just off the, off the corridor around a corner from where we were, right. uh, and knowing that there were no other visitors that we were aware of inside the castle apart from ourselves and the owners, the other visitors being outside, we were somewhat taken aback and surprised. Uh, immediately we realised that something was amiss, so we went uh, rather quickly up the stir- up the wooden staircase that was in the corridor, further around the corridor, that gave us access to that floor level, that one single room on that one floor level. Uh, and, of course, it was empty. So we huh? were left with a conundrum of either somebody just jumped out of the window uh, <laughs> si- 60 feet to the ground or there was nobody in the room at all because there was no way, no physical way that, that anybody on that floor could have got past us on the floor beneath because there was only one way up and one way down. Oh, that's interesting. So, and what we did afterwards is we immediately, we realized that there was something amiss, is we we both uh, recorded each other uh, describing what we had just experienced before we spoke to each other about it. Mm-hmm. So, so,
1: so can you describe what you saw?
0: Uh, yeah, there was somebody, uh, a, seemed to be male, but, uh, from the attire, the brief, the brief glimpse of the attire, the thing only lasted, the event only lasted two or three seconds, uh, as they walked across the aperture at the top of the stairwell, the empty stairwell, mm-hmm.
1: um, and they were only, was there pants, pants, long
0: pants, or, well, it was legs, it wasn't a dress,
1: so you uh, couldn't see pants, you just saw legs,
0: well, not bare, not bare legs, but they were obviously closed. But okay. There was, there was no detail, no definition in it. it was just, oh, okay. There, was, there wasn't time. The event only lasted one or two seconds as somebody strode across. But we could hear the footsteps before we saw the f- uh, figure, which is why... So you heard
1: the footsteps up. and saw the figure.
0: <laughs> we heard the footsteps, looked up, and saw the figure. Oh, interesting. And then we scuttled round to the wooden staircase that accessed that floor level to find out who'd got in there, uh, or, you know, I mean, it could have right. been at that time, it could have been an, another tourist that we didn't know about right. who'd, who'd been sat up there for some considerable time meditating or, right. or pondering the view out of the window for the past half hour, hmm. um, whilst we hung around outside the haunted bedchamber.
1: Did you talk to anybody at the castle about it?
0: No, because we weren't supposed to be hanging around the haunted bedchamber. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Fair enough. <laughs> uh, uh, we have spoken to the to the owners of the castle, who who do confirm uh, some of the stories. They do uh, have a few stories of their own, uh, but not relating to that particular floor. Uh, mostly relating to the story of the bedchamber, and they also have. A, uh, they've also had their own experiences in other parts of the castles. And now it's, ah. I, I believe, recently, uh, this was in the days, we're talking here 15, 15 17 years ago. When and it
1: was an amazing how time type flighter. Huh?
0: Um, now, back then, they weren't uh, open or amenable to any form of investigations taking place, which is obviously what we were most interested in doing. Right. Uh, but in recent years, the castle has been uh, the scene of paid-for paranormal investigations. Ah, interesting. Presumably money talks.
1: Yeah, it does, I guess. Well, those buildings actually cost a lot of money to take care of and everything, so I totally understand that. But anyways, moving on to our next one, built in the 13th century by a Welsh prince, uh, the ghost of... Powis Castle near Welshpool include yeah. a lady wearing black in the duke's room, a ghostly piano playing in the ballroom, an elderly woman staying in the castle. uh a elderly woman staying in the castle once encountered a man with a gold lace suit who led her to a hidden key in a chest. Ooh, this is interesting. Did you ever hear this story?
0: Uh, to be honest, I don't know much about Powis Castle. I know where okay. it is. I've uh, never visited. Never really read very much about Paris. We'll have to pass hmm. on that one.
1: Okay, but it's 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 interesting. They have quite a bit of detail in it. Uh, well,
0: you know, most of the Welsh castles do have their legends attached to them. Yeah. The legends. Legends are stories, and so most stories do do have detail. Um, so the you know the detailed story may not. I don't know much about Paris Castle, but you could relate that that sort of um, d- in detailed storytelling to almost any of the Welsh castles, uh, mm-hmm. most most of which do have a resident ghost or, you know, some sort of ghost with a story attached to it, just as to how and why it got there.
1: I'd like to dig a little bit more, maybe during a break if I can, I will uh, see if I can dig something up, but uh, yeah, because it's, it's a quite... Uh, you know, descriptive tale. An elderly woman stand at the castle once, encountered a man with a in a gold lace suit who led her to a hidden keem in a chest. We don't know anything more than that. So well, it's that's not the intr- only golden
0: ghost in Wales. Huh? <laughs> What's that? There's the there's another gold ghost in Wales, up in North Wales, uh, oh. near Ruthin. Well, it might uh, be in here.
1: We'll find out. But, anyways, moving on to the next one. And it is Plottag, Plastag. Plastag. Uh, 17th century Jacobine mm-hmm. House in Flintshire. Yep. Is rife with spirits. Uh, it is. From a jovial cook to the former inhabitants of a sanatorium, uh, Sir John Trevor V the Fifth is said to haunt the Regen- Regency Room, and ghostly uh, touching and voices are experienced often by people who visit there.
0: So. Plasteg is again somewhere near where I used to live, and uh, uh-huh. I, I knew knew it uh, fairly well. It was a very difficult place to actually access. Um, it oh, it was one of these locations, big sort of Tudor building with um, you know. Sort of, I mean, you're probably looking at a photograph of it now. I only
1: inside um, one really. That's
0: oh. all. Um, the problem with Plus Tech is. It it did have stories attached to it, but it was it was nearly impossible to conduct any form of visit or investigation because the owner, a lady called Celia, I don't know, I, I, I presume she's still in uh, in charge, mm-hmm. uh, was terribly eccentric, and uh, even if you were uh, had arranged and booked a visit or an investigation. Uh, she would either ca- she could often cancel it or simply throw you out and refuse to open the door when you arrived. <laughs> um, oh, that's a
1: lovely place. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, she was not I mean at other times she could be completely charming and, and welcoming but uh, uh-huh. you know quite often you would you could turn up and find that the doors were a little bite there,
1: maybe or something.
0: Possibly the doors were slam shutting your face. So it wasn't one that we ever really bothered too much about, but you know, for fear of you know driving the forty miles to get there, only to have to drive the forty miles back again. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 you know, I did visit it on one occasion. Uh, mm-hmm. And
1: is it open to the public? I mean, is it a public uh, house? Or-
0: no, no. It's a privately owned house, but there have oh. been quite frequent ghost investigations done in more recent uh, times. Ah. Most most notably by one particular investigator who seems to be on a bit of a mission uh, to test all manner of weird and wonderful electro electrolyte <laughs> gadgets. Oh. And <laughs> almost, almost every visit is rewarded with an astonishing photograph that he then rushes off to the uh, regional daily papers with. Oh, excellent! Yeah, yeah.
1: Maybe we should have him on the show. Um, no. <laughs> okay, fair enough.
0: <laughs> the, the, so, there have to be limits.
1: <laughs> I have no limits, but that's fine. You're my co-host here, so uh, yeah, I listen to you. Okay. Anyways, moving right along to our next one as we get closer to the break, it is Trindaga House in Newport. Trindiga House. Newport. Trindiga House, Newport. Ah. It's well known for its ghosts, many of which can be found in the attic, including a mustachioed. Victorian gentleman, a small girl in a white dress who often touches visitors uh, near the doors of an old nursery wing. So it looks like an elegant place from the picture.
0: It is an elegant place. I visited it on one occasion many years ago. Uh, Quite why the ghosts always appear in the attic at Tredegar House. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, and, And, of course, it was... You know, it's now become extremely popular with the ghost hunting circuit, and the number of ghosts has increased exponentially. Um, many Just... of them are um, are quite evil, malevolent. Ah, they uh, go through phases,
1: it, I think. The ghosts, you
0: know. Yeah, it's not somewhere I'm, I, I would say I'm overly familiar with, though. Yeah, they go through phases, you know. That's the
1: way they are. <laughs> but. Uh... Uh, anyways, we get about a minute before the break uh, yeah I mean I find that interesting it, you know I wanted to ask you about this and we've got a minute so maybe you can do a quick thing is is uh, we often hear description of people who hear noises in the floor above them especially in attics where uh-huh. they sounds like furniture is being dragged across the floor that's a common 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 description and Yet when they go up there, there's nothing that's been moved or everything. I mean, isn't that intriguing in in itself?
0: Uh, we'll talk about it after the break. But I wouldn't say okay. it's that. In, it's not that. It's not that uncommon. But whether it's intriguing.
1: Okay, so maybe we can have a little bit of discussion about that after the break. We'll take then. We'll get back to our lovely uh, list okay. of uh, haunted places. So. Anyways, uh, you're listening to the Ghost Chronicles International show right here on Togeonet and PowerX Radio with Steve Parsons and Ron Kolick. And we'll be right back after the following messages. and spooky. They all talk gobbly gooky. The Parrax family. The shows are paranormal. Not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal. The Parrax family.
0: They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained.
1: So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to
0: the Parrax family.
1: listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons and Ron Kolick, right here on Tojanet and Pyrex Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Murmack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Live Group. Steve ain't afraid of no ghosts, but he's got himself a little cold. But he's back now. Yes. So anyways, during the break I went and started... Messing around trying to find more about powers, and of course, you get the same stories everywhere you go.
0: Of course, you do, and that's the problem because one's cop- one site copies the other.
1: All they do is cut and paste, for God's sake, yep. it's ridiculous.
0: Well, you see, the same story cut and paste over about 20 different sites, hundreds Absolutely
1: of sites, in fact. Horrid.
0: Well, it shows a complete lack of um, research. Research,
1: there it Yeah.
0: Complete lack of any desire to get to behind the story. They just parrot-fashion one another.
1: Yep. You know, when we uh, do our ghost tours, that's one of the things at the uh, lighthouse, that's one of the things we're always uh, very careful about because, you know, we we don't fool around as far as telling, making up stuff. We just – everything we hear are are experiences that people had or anything. So we don't – You know, like make I said, make up anything. So somebody going back would would copy that and put that on their Facebook page or whatever, and then somebody else doing research and would copy it, and the next thing you know, it's in a book somewhere. And then the next thing you
0: know, it's fact. So it's. I've I've seen that happen. I've actually seen that happen uh, at a location in Pembrokeshire uh, Pembroke Castle. Yeah. Um. Where. Well, obviously started as a story now mm-hmm. gets written down as a fact, because it gets repeated into a newspaper. Yeah. Uh, the newspaper put it on their website. Some uh, local paranormal group pick it up. Mm-hmm. They cut, cut and paste the story as if it's yeah. a fact. They don't fact check it at all or check where it came from. And before you know it, it's, it's become an established historical fact. Mm-hmm.
1: You know that that's the uh, the important thing is, is if you write even in, in like a books and stuff if you're writing a story in a book and you do use <laughs> use a some information you've got at some source whether it be a book or a, or a uh, internet or a newspaper article always cite the uh, the uh, oh, source. Do you know of
0: it? Absolute pet peeve of mine. The amount of times and um, the teller of curious tales and will both vouch for this, the amount of times that we find original parascience research and original parascience um, it, documentation mm-hmm. spouted uh, by another group without citing the reference or the source of the original... Ah. Um, in fact, it goes down to... Uh, to I've, we've actually... Um, I can't, we We came up with a theory uh, many years ago. Uh, a hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we published it. And within a couple of years, we actually encountered two other people claiming it to be their work. And also, when when they put the original uh, their original sort of uh, uh, article Mm-hmm. All they've done is cut and paste ours. Yeah. No, They I, hadn't I, even I, had the balls to bloody change it. Yeah. And it happens all of the time. Every yeah. single week, every I, single week, I encounter original parascience-sourced information or uh, uh, you know, so- something we've been writing appearing somewhere else. With, without any referencing, without any. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, every single week that happens. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know even Jeff, my good friend Jeff Belanger, uh, uh, you know, he wrote a book about this particular subject. I don't want to get into details or anything. But uh, this other person, just about word for word, took the information in his book and published it in their own book. Yeah. and claimed it as their own and he called the person up on it and uh, they just uh, denied it and uh they said oh well, you know too bad you know that's it but the that's
0: mo- the, horrible. The, the most bizarre one that ever happened was about uh, if you recall uh, when we did the orb experiments using the three dimensional we used the stereo camera the, yeah, Fuji, stereo cameras, yep. the, the Fuji W1 digital stereo camera we actually which spoke, I actually
1: got the saw and I, and I was very impressed with that by the we, way
0: we we went um, we, we spoke to Fuji um, who made the thing and six months before it was imported into the UK to buy, uh, they they shipped us one specially uh, to do these experiments with. It was available, was available in Japan, but they shipped us a, 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 a version before it went on the the European and American market. So we did these um, experiments, which are well published. were published on our website and in several journals. Um, that would have been about 2009, 8, 9. I can't remember exactly, but it's about 2008, 9. Yep. About 2011, we had an email from a, a an American paranormal team um, tell, warning us off because they were using a Fuji stereo <laughs> digital camera. <laughs> um, and they had... Are you ready for this? They claimed in 2000, so three full years after we had published in journals our research, they claimed that their research in 2011-12, they had patented the use, uh, not copyrighted, patented the use of a 3D camera during a ghost investigation. (laughs) <laughs> Good luck uh, with that one. Yeah, their results were very similar, remarkably similar to ours. In fact, statistically, they were so identical it looked like a cut and paste. Um, it probably was. <laughs> yeah, but they sent. They had the gall to send us an email telling us to take all of our research off offline yeah, Be- because they had, they had patented it, and it was in some sort of like. Uh, you know these sort of pigeon uh, legal speak letters in an email, yeah. complete with spelling mistakes and all manner of other things. Oh
1: my God, no!
0: <laughs> oh, that was funny. We got we got told to remove our research because this American group had.
1: So you'll have to. <laughs> I mean, you got it. So what happened?
0: Oh, we took all ours down immediately, and we never mentioned it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. seriously? Yeah, not. Did you respond um, to them or? Yeah, we, we sent them. Um, original dated uh, journal articles, um, (laughs) and said, go ahead and sue (laughs) us. We look forward (laughs) to being sued by you. (laughs) Thank
1: you so much. See you in court. Uh, So just before the break, we were talking a little bit about the phenomenon of of hearing Ooh, poor guy! Uh, hearing furniture being uh, dragged across the floor and upper floors, or attics, especially, and yet when they get up there, they find nothing moved. So I thought it was a, an interesting phenomena, but you had a different opinion
0: yeah well, I from experience, um, I mean, it's not actually that uncommon. It, we encountered it ourselves, one well noted and it's be, it it slipped into the uh, folklore of parascience. Mm-hmm. This happened during one of our very early uh, investigations. So you're talking twenty five years ago, right um, or plus now mm-hmm. uh, at the Ellesmere Port Boat Museum. and one of the group wrote in the notes that from the floor above, they could hear the sound of a body being dragged. Right. Um, Which was intriguing. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: It's interesting (laughs) how many bodies they actually heard dragged. Uh, That that was was the intriguing part of it.
0: The first question was, um, so how many bodies have you ever heard being dragged? (laughs) well none came the reply (laughs) surprise how about you just writing your notes that you heard you know describe the sound not liken it to something else particularly like a sound of a heavy body being dragged (laughs) anyway um there was a sound it was recorded and it took us a little while to uh, locate the sound of it, the source of it. Now, sound appeared to be coming from above, from the attic level. Okay. And was described by several uh, before they were given a talking to, as the sound of a heavy body being dragged. Mm. What it was in reality was the sound of uh, there was a water outlet overflow pipe on the wall outside. Mm. On the- Ground level, not the attic. So actually, it was beneath them, not above them. Right. Um, and periodically, this overflow pipe would uh, empty. Right. And it made a noise which they sounded like it was coming from above because the sound was sort of traveling around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were interpreting it as obviously, you know, uh, bodies don't get dragged. Up the outside wall. So it must have been coming from... So not only were they getting the... I the, the, Misidentifying the sound, but because they had prejudged it or decided that it was a heavy body being dragged, they then repositioned the sound. Okay, there we go. Now, often, uh, while sitting in the house uh, during the day, I might be working... Uh, downstairs with the laptop and you can often hear the sound of what sounds you could describe it as somebody walking around upstairs quite heavy-footed now to a lay person that wasn't familiar with the property wasn't familiar with the house it does i suppose sound a little bit like somebody walking around on the floor above on the wooden floor above us
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: now it actually isn't. What it is um, is the as the central heating r- uh, pipes that run through the floor um, right. warm up and contract. Individual sort of wooden parts of the flooring will expand and contract, and you get. Yeah,
1: this- I totally understand that. Yeah. Yep. So In New England, we, our house, was you can always tell from the winter uh, to the summer because we have winter, uh, winter uh, sounds, which is the, uh, the wood, wood contracting, and, and uh, it's dry, and it's, yeah, yeah, definitely. So,
0: but it, it can be misinterpreted. Uh, and there have been times when we've had visitors to the house who uh, have said, it's, you know, they've looked up, sort of startled when it's happened, and mm-hmm. said, you know, is that, I, is that somebody moving about?
1: Right. Now all you've said is is, is you know, is fairly true because <clears throat> I mean, not fairly true, it is true because you, you explained it. But the thing that intrigues me, there are many, many reports of people who live in houses uh, who, otherwise, they're familiar with the house and they will hear the sound. And the description of the sound is very similar in a lot of these cases where it sounds like furniture being dragged. That's not my words, it's the words that the witness is, is saying. And, and yet they find nothing moved in the attic, so it, they hear the sound loud enough that they go up to check it out and there's nothing move. But they all independent of each other have the same sound. All people that lived in the house. Now the may case is very much, I'm not saying dismissing all of them as, as uh, you know, I mean I, I, you can probably dismiss some of them as that type of sound, but uh, I just I just find that intriguing. Uh,
0: not, not just, I'm, I'm far from dismissive of them, because one of the mm. common features of many poltergeist cases um, is the sound of um, heavy objects being being moved or thrown about or smashed in uh, in some circumstances mm-hmm. uh, not and it's not restricted to upper floors or the floor above the uh witness mm-hmm. it, it, there are many many examples where uh, the noise is heard from a, an adjoining room or a kitchen or a, a bathroom or a right. um and they hear the sound of you know a loud crash of furniture, a loud noise, as if something has fallen over or has been thrown. And when they go to investigate, there's nothing out of place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Conversely, you also have instances um, in the same sort of uh, cases, poltergeist cases, or what are labelled as poltergeist cases, where somebody will go into uh, a room and suddenly be confronted by a scene of absolute chaos. Without any uh, sort of sounds, uh, whilst they've been in, they will go out of the room, they will come back in and find the room in chaos. And yet they didn't. They weren't aware of any noises associated with the obvious um, displacement of furniture or objects. Right, that makes, so you, that makes sense. So you've got both ends of the spectrum there. You've Absolutely. You've got without the movement, and you've got mo- movement apparently without noise. Yeah,
1: it's intriguing. Um, I, that's I, the and, parts I find intriguing, basically. It's, it's
0: quite they're certainly quite common in cases that are associated with what are labeled as poltergeist cases. Mm -hmm. Um, These are ideas of. Now, uh, they also are not a a recent phenomena. Uh, We have accounts dating back to the 12th century through the medieval period, through the, the later 16th and 17th centuries with very similar phenomena where you get these, in fact, um, um, you know, I think in all areas of psychical research, uh, these loud noises without apparent cause have been documented. Um, at, uh, back in the 1890s, when the Society for Psychical Research was investigating uh, B House in Scotland, uh, they, uh, one of the phenomena was uh, footsteps, heavy sounds that they described almost as explosions of Petards or small grenade bombs mm-hmm. or distant cannons, and you have them through um, uh, the well, you have the drummer of Ted's Tedworth, Tedworth, of course, a famous one that took place. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, 18th century. Um, you know, these drumming poltergeists, these noisy poltergeists, poltergeists are by definition noisy ghosts, right. and so these noisy phenomena uh, or noises. Um, without any apparent object displacements are incredibly common.
1: We had an interesting case. We were talking about Sion a little bit, and I do want to get through the rest of this list. There's only three more. But uh, we did a place where uh, we investigated. In fact, it's in the new book, More Ghost Chronicles. And the the, uh, owner of the place, uh, her mother had died in this room, and she had, was very much in the spiritual she had a whole bunch of books and she said that maureen and i could go through them and uh pick chose any of the books we wanted or all of them if we wanted so we did we went and we uh went through the books and we piled them up on the bed and they were in a big plastic tin on the bed and then uh we had set up a camera in the air and then we went out to lunch and locked the door and went out to lunch and we'll, We unlocked it, came in, and when we came in, we found all the books scattered about the room. Now, we had a camera there, but the camera picked up no sound whatsoever, nothing visually, of course, but uh, no sound at all, of even hearing the books on the floor. In fact, one of the the interesting things was I grabbed my camera to, to take a picture, and I took a picture, and when I looked at it, all I had was a... Picture of the floor, and then I took a second picture, and then the books appeared in the second picture, which, which was kind of intriguing. But uh, yeah, that's it's a lot of interesting thing. I mean, that's those little single cases. It, it, they intrigue you. You want to learn more. You want to find out more, and and that's uh, one of the reasons I do it, anyways. So going back to our list, uh-huh. anyways, uh, Castell Couch in Cardiff,
0: Castell Cook.
1: Yeah, so close. Uh, it's said to be haunted by a lady in white, of course, mm-hmm. whose son fell into mm-hmm. a bottomless pit of water, okay. Okay. yeah, never to be seen again. Her ghost well, still searches for him in the surrounding woodland.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Castle Cock, uh, actually, the building that, that mm-hmm. that's there uh, now is not that old. It, it's a nineteenth-century building, oh. built by built by Lord Butte. Uh, because he'd made his money in the copper industry and the coal industry in South Wales. And uh, this rich industrialist uh, decided to build himself a gothic-style house just outside Cardiff, uh, Castel Coch. Coch in Welsh is red, so it's called the Red Castle in English. Ah, Have you been there? Uh, I have. have, We we pass it regularly. It's just off the side of um, the motorway. And you oh. see it sort of nestled up up up, up uh, above uh, on a hillside, above a, a sort of steep ravine. Uh, your archetypal fairy tale castle. Have um, you ever
1: come across this? It's as, it's about as pit. old.
0: No, it's about as old as <laughs> Hammond Castle in reality. Oh, okay. Um, so no, and, bottomless pit. Uh, no bottomless. <laughs> Not, not that I'm aware. Um, the could be filled
1: with water, that's intriguing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a bit of a... It, that kind of reminds me of a friend of mine when we were, we were once up, up at Loch Ness. These oh. um, ideas of, it sounds like a plausible explanation until you think about it, the bottomless pit full of water. Yeah. Um, well, he spectacularly one day uh, was looking at a photograph that somebody had presented of uh, what appeared to be the Loch Ness monster. Or claiming, and he said, "Oh no, that can't be the monster. Uh, This was like a hump sticking out of the water." Yeah. He said, "I think it's just a submerged rock." a Submerged rock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She let that one sink in with the with the listeners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then it obviously begged the question then: Why is a submerged rock sticking out of the water? Uh, so yeah, it's uh, often the explanation. And it, you know, somebody'll write it down. In fact I've actually seen somebody write down that the Loch Ness monster is nothing more than a submerged rock. There you go. Uh, uh, there you go. <coughs> All right.
1: Moving on. Uh Queen's Head and Mammoth. Did huh? I say that right?
0: The Queen's Head in Merri Mary- well there's a place called there's a town called Merriott. Monmouth? Is it well you have got Monmouth and Merrionath.
1: Okay, let me let me read it and then not is look its it. Is it M O M? It's M-O-N-M-O-U-T-H.
0: Monmouth. Monmouth. Monmouth.
1: So, let me say it. Uh, the Queen's Head in Monmouth is said to be the third most haunted pub oh. in whales. <laughs> the old man... An old man is seen sitting by the fire. A young girl in a frilly dress frequents the bar, and an old man often wanders along the stair upstairs landing. Uh, only a third—wow—that's <laughs> their claim to fame. We are the third most haunted place in Wales.
0: That makes it unique because most—I know—they all claim to be the most haunted place. I know it. So you never uh, have to get one that claims to be uh, it's, third. It's, it's,
1: it's a Tudor-looking building. Uh, yeah. It has a uh, look like a black sign with a, uh, uh, a person on it. Have you seen it?
0: I've never visited it, but I do know it. In fact, um, many many years ago, we sent a photograph from there. Uh, uh-huh. That to show the lady in the frilly dress. Oh, mm. so there,
1: there is some documentation about this place.
0: Um, as much as anywhere else, I mean, oh. you, I mean, if we remember that our friend, the teller of curious tales, yep. shares this passion for buying ghost gazetteers. Oh God, yes, uh, yes, it will appear in many of the ones he's got that relate to Wales. Ah, uh, very good. Yeah, I love that. The, the and, it's, just... and it's usually the yeah, they need to up the game. Uh. the way to do that, of course, is they just need to um, get one of the television people to go along.
1: And then it could be the
0: most haunted? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, one more left and as we're coming up to the end of the show. And this is Abra Conway House in Conway?
0: Uh-huh, Conway House. Uh, okay. From the, t- the town of Conway. A yep. place, again, i visited this. Well, let
1: me read the thing. Of
0: occasions.
1: Uh, 14th Century Merchant's House. We're an mm-hmm. old mistress of the house is reportedly seen sitting by the fireplace accompanied by the smell of flowers a Victorian gent known as Mr. Jones haunts the Victorian corridor and the floorboards are often heard creaking. Wow, there's something
0: (laughs) Did Did it mention the cradle?
1: No, no, not in here You know a cradle?
0: Oh, apparently yeah, it has a cradle that apparently rocks as well
1: get something to do with the creaking floorboards? Yeah,
0: um, th- this is one of the uh, one of the old houses in the, in the old town of Conway which is upon the North Wales coast okay. uh, not very far from Conway Castle and uh, was quite a visitor attraction uh, for a lot of years I, I haven't been in the last four or five years so I don't know what the current situation was it used to be open to the public now it's, it may have changed and uh, it was a National Trust property for a while um, which meant it was under the care of the state, um, because it was a, it deemed it to be a historic monument. Mm. Now stories go back; it, stories have been told about this building for a, a long time. But like we have a direct um, uh, parallel with it in West Wales, Tenby, where you have the Tudor Merchant's House, which is almost identical in age. Uh, and, and virtually identical in appearance, if, if, if I'm honest. Uh, and they both stand out from the surroundings because they are old buildings that have survived, whereas uh, all around them have been uh, remodeled, pulled down, demolished, oh, uh, wow. rebuilt. But these two older buildings, um, the one in um, Conway, and the one in Tembi have survived and inevitably um, both have their ghost stories. Now what's interesting about uh, Tembi is that whilst the the stories uh, have been published in several ghost books the staff that work there don't know anything about the ghosts if you ask them. Oh really? Uh, And have never had an experience in fact I was only talking to members of the staff at uh, the Cheetah Merchants House a few weeks ago Trying to get them to open up about their well-known ghosts, and uh, the response was, "We haven't got any ghosts. We just Uh. got, we've just got a lot of stories." Now Aberconwy was on Most Haunted, and up to the point it was on Most Haunted, it wasn't really, it wasn't really one of the most haunted buildings anywhere. But after it had been on Most Haunted, of course, it became, it became much more. More, most haunted, uh, but it always has had stories attached to it. it you know, you can't deny that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but whether it was as haunted as people say, um, you know, there are there are better ghost stories and better haunted sites in Wales than that list of ten. That's actually quite a quite a dull list put together, probably by a, a, a researcher who didn't really put much effort into doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, as I said, that it's on the uh, BBC website. In fact, I posted that on our Ghost Chronicles page, so if anybody wants to look at the list and comment on it or add junior, anything
0: to it. Yeah, they probably had a junior office researcher uh, doing a cut and paste on that one from yeah. uh, the
1: newspapers. Well, you know, that's what most of, uh, especially in here, you know, I, I remember... Uh, when somebody wants to do like the most haunted places in uh, in New England or Massachusetts, they would you know contact me or some other ghost group and say, "Oh, what's the most haunted places?" And then they would get their list, and so they would have whoever this person was uh, give them the list. So their their list was was from somebody, and then probably the person who gave it to them was only the places that they investigated. So
0: you know, you know, one of the definitions of the most haunted place in whatever county, town, or village, is the one that your group's trying to sell public access tickets to. There you go. Because <laughs> you never go to the third most haunted.
1: I like that, though. I may try that for way and I just might. I just think that's so special. I like that
0: one. That was yeah, that I did a was lot.
1: Great. You're right. Every vendor is, oh, the most haunted thing, the most haunted it It's like, the third most haunted yeah. <laughs> Anyway, well, we have to leave now. So, anyways, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles <laughs> International uh, right here on Tojinet and PowerX Radio. Brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group in Nathaniel. We'll be see you next week. Good night.